Chapter 4 Captain Cook Call who Captain Cook? asked Miss Popper, who had come in so quietly that none of them had heard her. Why, the penguin, said Mr. Popper. I was just saying he went on, said Miss Popper, sat down suddenly on the floor to recover from her surprise. That you name him after Captain Cook? He was a famous English explorer who lived about the time of the American Revolution. He sailed all over where no one had ever been before. He didn't actually get to the South Pole, of course, but he made a lot of important scientific discoveries about the Antarctic regions. He was a brave man and a kind of lead and a kind leader. So I think Captain Cook would be a very suitable name for our penguin here. Well, I never said Miss Popper. Gork said Captain Cook, suddenly getting lively again. With a flap of his flippers, he jumped from the tub to the washstand and stood there for a minute surveying the floor. Then he jumped down, walked over to Mrs. Popper, and began to peck her ankle. Stop him, Papa, screamed Mrs. Popper, retreating into the hallway with Captain Cook after her, and Mr. Popper and the children following. In the living room, she paused. So did Captain Cook, for his, he was delighted with the room. Now, a penguin may look very strange in a living room, but a living room looks very strange to a penguin. Even Mrs. Popper had to smile as they watched Captain Cook with the light of curiosity in his exciting circular eyes and his black tailcoat dragging pompously behind him. Behind his little pinkish feet, strut from the upholstery chair to another, pecking to each to see what it was made of. Then he turned suddenly and marched out of the kitchen. Maybe he's hungry, said Janie. Captain Cook immediately marched up to the refrigerator. Gork, he inquired, turning to slant his head wisely at Miss Popper and looking at her pleadingly with his right eye. He certainly is cute, she said. I guess I'll have to forgive him for biting my ankle. He probably only did it out of curiosity. Anyway, he's a nice, clean-looking bird. Ork, repeated the penguin, nibbling at the metal handle of the refrigerator door with his outstretched beak. Mr. Popper opened the door for him, and Captain Cook stood very high and leaned his sleek black head back so that he could see inside. Now that Mr. Popper's work was over for the winter, the ice box was not quite so full as usual, but the penguin did not know that. What do you suppose he likes to eat, said Mrs. Popper. Let's see, said Mr. Popper, as he removed all the food and sat it on the kitchen table. Now then, Captain Cook, take a look. The penguin jumped up onto the chair from there onto the edge of the table, flapping his flippers again to recover his balance. Then he walked solemnly around the table and between the dishes of food, inspecting everything with the greatest interest, though he touched nothing. Finally, he stood still, very erect, raised his beak to point at the ceiling and make a loud, almost purring sound. Ork. He, he thrilled. That's a penguin's way of saying how pleased it is as Mr. Popper, who had read about this in his Antarctic books. Apparently, however, what Captain Cook wanted to show was that he was pleased with their kindness rather than with their food. 
For now, to their surprise, he jumped down and walked onto the dining room. I know, said Mr. Popper, we ought to have some seafood for him, canned shrimps or something, or maybe he isn't hungry yet. I've read that penguins can go for a month without food. Mama, Papa, called Bill, come see what Captain Cook has done. Captain Cook had done it all right. He had discovered the bowl of goldfish on the dining room windowsill. By the time Mr. Popper reached over to lift him away, he had already swallowed the last of the goldfish. Bad, bad penguin, reproved Mr. Popper, glaring down at Captain Cook. Captain Cook squatted guiltingly to the carpet and tried to make himself look small. He knows he's done wrong, said Mr. Popper. Isn't he smart? Maybe he we can train him, said Mrs. Popper. Bad, naughty captain, she said to the penguin in a loud voice. Bad to eat the goldfish, and she spanked him on his round black head. Before she could do that again, Mr. Cook hastily waddled out of the kitchen. There the poppers found him trying to hide in the still open refrigerator. He was squawking over the ice cube coils, under which he could barely squeeze, sitting down. His round, white-circled eyes looked out at the mysteriously form of the dimness of the outside of the box. I think that's about the right temperature for him at that, said Mr. Popper. We could let him sleep there at night. But where will I put the food, said Mrs. Popper. Oh, I guess we can get another ice box for the food, said Mr. Popper. Look, said Janie, he's gone to sleep. Mr. Popper turned the cold control switch to its coldest so that Captain Cook could sleep more comfortably. Then he left the door ajar so that the penguin would have plenty of fresh air to breathe. Tomorrow, I will have the icebox service department send a man out to bore some holes into the door for air, he said. And then he can put a handle on the inside of the door so that Captain Cook can go in and out of his refrigerator as he pleases. Well, dear me, I never thought we would have penguin for a pet, said Mrs. Popper. Still, he behaves pretty well on a whole, and he is so nice and clean that perhaps he will be a good example for you and the children. And now, I declare, we must get busy. We haven't done anything but watch that bird. Papa, will you just help me to set the beans on the table, please? Just a minute, answered Mr. Popper. I just happen to think that Captain Cook will not feel right on the floor of that icebox. Penguins make their nest of pebbles and stones, so I will just take some ice cubes out of the tray and put them under him. That way, he will be more comfortable. 